Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. Welcome to the Deeper Dive. There are normally four of us, but we are missing one person today. Brooks, are we missing? Uh, I don't. Are we? I don't oh, are we missing, missing someone? Missing someone? Yes. Oh, it must be Adam. Oh. I guess the Adam. esteemed Adam Phillips. Yeah. Dave, I was thinking about this. You're the only one that's batting a thousand with uh, th- through the sickness thing. I, Adam's yeah. not sick. He's just exposed. Exposed. Yeah. Exposed. Yeah. yeah. Missing out. Missing out. Well, guys, good to see you guys again today. You know, I wish you guys could see how much we have, how much fun we have with this deeper dive thing. It really is a joy. It's a joy for me to meet with you guys to just go deeper into these some of these context these um, context and these uh, scriptures and stuff. These messages. So, Adam, or Adam, uh, Jason, we have started onto a new series. Give us a quick refresher. What are we? What are, what's the new series that we're in? Yeah. So we uh, two weeks ago we began a seven week series that we have entitled the Imago Day. So we're looking at that. Whether you've uh, tuned into the first two weeks of messages, or maybe you're joining us this week, um, we are looking at the Imago Day, which is a Latin word. Sometimes pastors use Greek, Hebrew, and Latin to make them sound uh, uh, smarter, smarter than they than actually are. are. Yes, And so uh, we didn't just want to call it the image of God, but yes, that's what Imago Dei uh, means. We're referring to the image of God, that mankind is created in the image of God. I had a professor in college that he, he would call these phrases or these words, he'd call them party words, because he said, if you're at a party and you really want to impress someone, you pull out your party word. So... Yeah, I was just thinking about the Imago Day, and you know, I don't know what party you're at that'd be like impress people, but <clears throat> clearly the kind of parties that this professor was going to. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look at it. Uh, cool word, sounds neat. Imago Day. What what exactly is the Imago Day? Let's. Uh, you got us going, Jason, two weeks ago, uh, preaching on the Imago Day. We followed it up with the, the broken image here just last week. So what what is it? What is the Imago Day? Yeah, it's referring to uh, a text out of Genesis 1, uh, 26, 27, and 28 that tells us that God created humankind in his own image and in his own likeness. And so we've talked about um, really what that means. There are a whole lot of things that it means. There are certain things that it does not mean. But really what it is, is it is... It is a distinction and a set-apartness that humanity has uh, that's different than anything else that's that's in creation. And so um, God calls that out at the beginning, and then the implications of that image and likeness are bore out in Genesis chapter 2. And then we kind of see the fall, which, Dave, I think it's where we're going today, where that image, although we were uh, created with that image, we don't bear that image exactly the way that we're supposed to. You know, you use the word implications. There are implications of us being made in the image of God. <clears throat> so this is really powerful. This goes down into our deepest person. This goes down to our identity. Um, Jason, here at uh, lunch a couple, a week or so ago, we were you were actually telling us about somebody that came up to you. Would it be all right for you to share with us a little bit about when you preached, they came up and they shared about what a profound thing it was that that message made on them? Do you remember that story? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, this Imago Day series. Um, 
we've actually had, I think at all of our campuses, we've had some really interesting conversations. I think the biggest thing, and not to point out one particular conversation, um, but you know, the, whenever we teach on foundational truths, I think it resonates with people uh, because there is such a distortion and a drifting that's happening in our culture uh, that even in the church, we end up, we end up talking about lots of things but anytime we return to foundational things, and the Imago Dei is a foundational uh, theological concept, um, but also it is, it is one of those truths that answers the questions that we're all wrestling with. And I think you might be alluding to a conversation I had with somebody that was asking about really who they are and where do you find dignity and value and worth in this world? And that doesn't come from anything that we do. It happens to be who we are because we've been created in God's image. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> people are are ingrained with this uh, to ask the question, or maybe it, it is just uh, uh, in our heart, soul, mind to ask the question. Yeah, who who am I? Why why am I here? Um, what is my purpose? Um, was I? Yeah, how was I created? Why was I created? The Imago Dei addresses that. Like the theology of the Imago Dei addresses that. Um, someone uh, at the Prosser campus came up uh, to me and, and mentioned just similar thing that you said, Jason. This and they said, man, these these are the questions that that uh, addressing these questions brought me to church. Hmm. Um, I and I hesitate to say, but I, I think that at times career Christians or lifetime Christians, I should say. I mean, if you've been like, like me in church since diapers, sometimes we forget that uh, man, there's just about everybody in the world is asking this question, why am I here? Who made me? Yeah. Why do I exist? Um, it would be, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to go back to the mm-hmm. basics, go back to the fundamentals, like mm-hmm. you said, Jason. Yeah, I think this, is, you know, this begins to show us that this is not simply like a, a Sunday school topic it's not that we're just trying to get a certain uh, doctrine right. The fact is, this goes deep into our personhood, mm-hmm. like who we are. And, you know, you think back when you're wrestling with your identity, when you're in the eighth grade, seventh grade, but then we continue to wrestle with it as time goes on, even up yep. into old age. And this really does take, I, I loved you, you're talking about getting back to the fundamentals. I think we're getting back to the essentials, mm. the essentials of who we are. Well, and, and, and Dave, too, I mean, one of the reasons that we're looking at it is, I do think God gives us the essentials at the beginning too. So, I mean, we literally return to page one, mm. you know, of scripture and there are core <clears throat> teachings, theological concepts that we need to go back to time and again and to go back to who is our creator and who are we created to be. I, I mean, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Go, go back to page one and go back to the basics. Yeah. Well, one of the things we picked up in the last couple of weeks is the whole purpose of God's imprinting us with his image is like, it's kind of twofold. The two big things that stress, uh, stand out to me. One is, so we are, we are capable of worshiping God, the God, God who he is. We have like the hardware capable of doing that. So <clears throat> we, we, as we worship the God who is, then the second thing is we are able to image him, that is reflect him here on this earth. So we are actually meant to represent God, right, here on this earth. His love, we're meant to bring his love to earth. His holiness, we are meant to bring that holiness to our jobs, to our gyms, to our to our mm. churches. 
where, where we fail in imaging him, who he is, then we, we fail in representing God himself. So the, so the stakes are really high, mm. right? It's not just simply about us. Mm. Because if we do not image God, if we do not reflect him uh, on this earth, how are people going to know what he's, what he's like? Mm. Well, I mean, guys, just think about this. Like, um, when, when, the, when the term image and likeness is used, we looked at it a couple weeks ago, right? We're introduced to it um, in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 5 reminds us, hey, man is like no joke, still in the image of God, even though Adam had a mm-hmm. son after his own likeness. But the next time that word image shows up, and it shows up over and over and over again in the Old Testament, uh, it is in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. It says, do not create an image of God. And you think about that, um, it's really interesting uh, because I think oftentimes we think, hey, don't worship something that is not God. Um, but really what he's saying is, is nothing should bear my image. <laughs> you shouldn't worship these images on earth because my image is actually already on the earth in humankind. It's, it's, it's just, it's fascinating to me as we were kind of doing word studies through um, this concept of image in the Old Testament. There's something about humankind and what God's, I think where you're going with this, Dave, what God's trying to do in, in, in showing up on planet Earth through his image bearers, mm-hmm. yeah. that we're not to turn to these lesser things, right? Well, and you talk about, we were talking about going back to the fundamentals, the essentials. Look at the first two commandments. They have to do with, with don't make any kind of a representation, like you said, you know, of, yep. of uh, anything on Earth that people are prone to worship. Because we're, we're built to worship. We're going to mm-hmm. worship something. Or we're yeah. going to worship somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I, would, I would also, you kind of asked the question that the purpose of God's imprinting his image on us. <clears throat> I also think it, it it plays back to us how we are and why we are supposed to supposed to live. It um think of an image. So we are created in God's image, in his likeness. Uh, that means we have a creator. That we are creation and we have a creator. Um, the creator gets to decide how we best function. Um, uh, I think of, so uh, there's oftentimes we don't function how we are supposed to function in this world. Uh, and, and that's largely because I think people haven't looked at their creator to ask the question, hey, what, what was I created for? Why did, the, why did a creator make me? Um, I have a toddler, a year and a half year old, and she's got this little bike that she can sit on and it's the right size for her. She can sit on it. And, and if she, could and if she knew how she could put her legs down and push herself along the floor and and scoot along with this bike and it'd be very fun for her she doesn't know how to use it <laughs> she doesn't know how to operate this correctly um, instead she likes to pick it up and carry it or uh, she pushes it from the side and it tips over or she just sits on it in a, in the wrong way and now she's she's taken to standing on it but she does everything but use it how it was created to be used or designed to be used I think that there are times uh, where we go through life and we don't look at our creator and ask the question, why was I created? But looking at our creator gives us a sense of, man, what what am I built for? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this yeah, it, it, it addresses that by, by saying, man, I'm created in the likeness and the image of God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do lose our purpose. We do lose our way. We do lose our identity, right? 
So even though every single person on this earth has been made in the image of God, something happened to the image of God. All right, well, let's go back to the basics again. What what happened to the image of God in people, the Imago Dei? Genesis chapter 3. Yeah. <laughs> so um, really, <clears throat> really fascinating conversation. If you haven't looked at Genesis 3 in a long time, I'd encourage our listeners to do that. But um, Satan comes, the tempter comes, and really entices Eve first to consider all that she uh, does not have, right? Um, starts by planting this seed of doubt in her mind that God, who is this creator that you just talked about, Brooks, that prepared this perfect world and just this incredible, very good, um, you know, garden and opportunity for, for man to flourish. Um, God's withheld. He's not a good dad. Uh, mm. you are incomplete. And he challenges her and says, Hey, you know what? Uh, God is afraid if you disobey and you partake in this, that you are going to become like him. And I don't know. It, it is. You know, we're talking about foundational kind of theological truths. I mean, the fall is to understand that it's so mission critical and see that it's tied to the Imago Dei. He's challenging that theological understanding of the Imago Dei. And what ends up happening is it's, it, it is in fact shattered. It's challenged. They step into sin. And what is the result? It's actually broken. You look at some of the faculties that have been marred by by sin. Jason, you know, you it's it's not hard to list these off. Our minds, our mm-hmm. ability to reason has actually been marred by sin, right? The the Imago Dei of which the our mind is certainly a part of that that God has given us so that we can have a relationship with him. Our minds are 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 darkened. Uh, we get down to our hearts. Our our hearts are corrupted. You know, there's a corruption that has come down into into our hearts. Uh, we could go on and on. Our, our consciences, as well, have been have been poisoned. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is this is very real. Like we wrestle with our consciences every single day, unless we've unless we've actually so seared our consciences that our consciences are so desensitized that we're able to do just about anything we want. Yeah. That's that's kind of scary. That's called being a sociopath or a psychopath, right? Mm-hmm. Also put in um, our physical bodies too, right? Yeah, the, the, exactly. As part of creation. So in the fall, we're, we're focusing on the Imago Dei, but in the fall, everything was, was broken or marred. Um, us specifically being created in the image of God or likeness of God, our physical bodies have also been been marred. We think of disease. We think of all the things, the health ailments and things like that. Um, I've, I've got a question though for for you, Jason. You, you said, or Dawson, you can answer it too if you want. But you. Uh, <laughs> you, you said uh, that the image of God was broken in in us. Is it? Is there a difference between broken and destroyed, or broken and, and eliminated? What, what's the What's the fine fine line here? But is there? What do you mean by broken? And yeah. Dawson, you said marred. Yeah, I think a um, so a helpful illustration that I came across is um, the image of God is um, if you picture like an auto windshield, like we we have one of our vehicles that's got a, a crack that started in it. You know how those things run on you, right? When you get a windshield, um, but picture an auto auto windshield that has shattered. Um, here, here's the reality: the the glass 
remains there, but it's so damaged that it's not going to function properly. It's still glass. It's still there. It's shattered. Um, to what extent can you see out of it and help it to be functioning properly? Um, that's actually been debated over the last several centuries, right? How, how lost is mankind? How marred, how shattered is the image of God? We realize that the image is not lost completely. It's not as bad as even it could be. And yet it is, it is hindered significantly. I mean, we, we are not able to do now what we were designed to do. I mean, we were meant to glorify God, to honor, to adore, to worship Him, to know Him. And because of the fall, we cannot do those things. Like we are incapable of doing those things. And actually now we, <laughs> instead of responding to God in this God glorifying worshipful way, Scripture says that we respond by cursing His name and shaking our fist in the air and rebelling against His grace. So, to yeah, to answer your question, like, like, what does that mean and how broken? Like, just to say those things, it's really broken. Mm-hmm. So right? there, there, there is no part of who we are that is untouched by the power of sin, right? If you you, you go back to here's here's some theolo- the, theological words we may not like, but. There's two words that go together. It's called total depravity, mm-hmm. and it sounds like oh, that, that means if, if we're if we're in total depravity, that means we're all a bunch of axe murderers. No, it doesn't mean we're as bad as we could be. You can always mm-hmm. be worse. But what it does mean is that every part of our personhood has been touched by yeah. sin. No, no, nothing, nothing is untouched. Yep. So I think maybe this is a helpful distinction. Would you say we are totally depraved, but not completely depraved? That there, that there is not. It hasn't touched every. It's touched every part of our life, every tar- part of our being. But we are not, but not every single part of our being is completely 100% as depraved as it could be. Yeah, it's all depraved. Yeah, it just, it's true. We're not as bad as we could be. And by the way, the, the cool part about still retaining God's image is we are still capable of good things. Right. We're, we're still capable of appreciating beauty. Mm-hmm. We're, we're capable of. And making beauty. Yeah, making beauty of, we know what virtue is is, right? Yep. It's just that everything we touch is stained. It's yep. stained by sin. It's like that back to that broken windshield, right? There's there's pockets where just for a brief moment you see clearly, right? Through those particular mm-hmm. specks or you ever have your windshield wipers go bad, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're they're slushing back and forth and you got that one little window where they're not being goofy on you, you know, and you're kind of peering through that. We have these different windows um, where we're able to see clearly, not all the time, but in some certain ways, um, we can see clearly, but also we can reflect probably in a, in a, in a much better way. Um, back to what you're talking about, Dave, the Imago Day and how we're supposed to reflect. We don't reflect clearly, but you do get pockets that come through, right? Those different glimpses. What a great illustration, that windshield. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, what, well, what do we do with this, right? Well, one is I think it really helps, I think, every one of us to recognize that we have been made in the image of God. So there is value and dignity there. Those party words from your uh, sermon a couple weeks ago, Jason. But at the same time, the you know, because we have turned away from God, sin has entered into every part of our personality, if we, of our personhood. So if we, we recognize that, it's like, well, okay, well, where do we go from here, mm-hmm. right? Like how... How do we begin this restoration process of restoring this 
this Imago Day, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's there's windshields that are cracked, and there's there's windshields that are so cracked you can barely see anything out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So isn't that the power of what? Let's just go to our own church. You know what? What mm-hmm. all we make a big deal about um, becoming better disciples. So I think part of this whole thing of becoming better disciples is restoring God's image, right? Mm-hmm. It's the power of His Word mm-hmm. that is able to go in and bring restoration and bring clarity. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about how wonderful it is when you begin to see life clearly. Yeah. And 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 that's a little bit of what I was asking you earlier, Jason, about this person mm-hmm. that came up to you. This person felt like, and they're certainly not alone, but man, if you you... If you listen to the word, right, or you read the word and you begin to see clearly, it's like, oh my gosh, I I get it. Mm. I get it. You're you're starting to see reality, right? Yeah. And that is the power of this, of the you know, the image of God being restored in us. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, the the rest of the story from Genesis 3 on, the storyline of scripture is can this image be restored? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's there's so many glimpses as to what cannot just you know what cannot bring restoration the law couldn't bring restoration to the mirror but when you looked at the law you were able to see wow i am a broken mirror <laughs> i'm a broken windshield that's one of the things that the law did the gift of the law is to say i have cracks right um <clears throat> and then you go throughout scripture people that tried and failed to do their absolute best and then right we come to to jesus and what uh, I think it's Second Corinthians three eighteen that we talked about a couple weeks ago. What it tells us is that there's an opportunity for us to become unveiled. You know, to kind of use Paul's term there, for us to actually see clearly first and foremost that we were designed to be. Keep using this illustration. We were designed to be a windshield, and we come to the we come to the realization that we're a cracked windshield, and we understand that restoration is possible. I think we'd call that like salvation, right? Coming to that, that, that place where we understand, okay, I am created in the image of God and I am busted up. I am broken and I cannot find uh, a rescue from my brokenness in the world or in myself, in anything. And so what we do is the hope of the gospel is, is that we can be restored, not perfectly, in this life, but ultimately we can be restored. And that's what we call sanctification. Sanctification is the process of the marred mirror or the broken windshield becoming whole again. Yeah. That's what I think that's where you're going, Dave. That's what sanctification is. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And if we could like specify some of those areas of, you know, your windshield, you think about the power of the truth to come into our minds. And here's New Testament language, right? Renew our minds. When Jesus comes into our heart, mm-hmm. he comes into our deepest person, right? And begins yep. and, be, and gives us a new heart, as Ezekiel prophesied. Yep. Think about our conscience. He, his blood cleanses our conscience from dead works mm-hmm. and, from, uh, and from guilt and shame. Yep. And you think about our wills, our, our will, W-I-L-L, mm-hmm. which are our wills basically are in hostility and rebellion toward God and toward one another. It says we, we live our lives hating and hating, being hated and hating one another. It's like this is so bleak, and yet the power of the Spirit of God using the truth gets into our mind, our heart, our conscience, our will, and begins to renew us, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, it's, that's so exciting, and that is so glorifying to God. Mm-hmm. And then we start imaging Him better right here on earth, yep. right? And just, I mean, talk about purpose, Brooks. You, can, you, know, you brought that up earlier, and it's like, 
wow, man, we could, what a high purpose there, there is in, in our lives for, mm. to do, do this. Mm. Concluding thoughts. Are you guys excited about where we're going from here? What are, are, are a couple of the other topics um, that go beyond broken image? Do you guys remember some of the topics we're going to be hitting that are coming up? What if we could just remember, give people a yeah. chance to look at, think about one or two of them? Well, I'll, I'll say this: the, the I think the one that's got me excited um, that I have been um, just seems to be popping out a lot as I'm researching uh, the image of God is the image, how the image of God plays into our identity, um, personal identity. Um, I would. I would contend that there there might be nothing more that is under attack than our identity. So uh, that that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, and uh, there's so many things in life that we get our identity from. If we if we understand and grab hold of the theology of the Imago Dei, and 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 as as Jason kicked us off a few weeks ago, looking at what it means to be made in the image and likeness of our Creator. That that changes our perspective on on where we grab our identity from, whether that's work, uh, career, family, sports, successes, sexuality, uh, political preferences, all that stuff. I mean, we, there's so many things that we grab identity from. What God is actually saying to Adam, or rather, to to in in the Trinity when He says, "Let us make man in our image and likeness," what He's actually saying is, "I want." I want they, these creators or these this creation to have their identity based on me, their creator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very. It's been. I'm. I'm. I'm pumped to get into yeah. that one. It's cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the identity in us, uh, but also we're going to have several conversations about the identity in you. If you have, you know, the fingerprints of the creator on you, what are the implications of that in the way that we? Um, the way that we look at people, the, the intrinsic we, value yeah, that, that to each other, that how we relate to each other, yeah, that we're we are looking. Um, I forget who said it, but I mean, like we, anytime you're looking eyeball to eyeball with any any human being, um, no matter what language they speak, their skin color, their socioeconomic status, um, whether they have abilities or disabilities, whatever their age. Like we are, we're looking into the eyes of an image bearer, and that has tremendous implications on how we steward our lives and what we're about, what causes we're concerned about. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I think people can hopefully sense it has enormous implications on our life. Mm-hmm. How we, yeah, how we live that out in, in yeah. the, within, in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, may the Lord use this whole series to uh, uh, help restore our own image of God mm. in, in every single one of us, and may indeed it help us to relate better to people in, around us in our communities and around the world. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, 
please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.